What's up, guys? This is Sholem Maridueña, Miguel Diaz from Cobra Kai. This is Jacob Bertrand. I play Hawk. And you're listening to the Comic Syndicate. Woo! This is Luscious Lou, and I listen, I listen to, the to the Comic Syndicate. If you love comics, you'll be wet. Listen, listen to the Comic Syndicate. If movies make you contemplate, science will come a day. Twitter for communication at Comic Syndicate 1. I was jotting in a sea of podcasts, and then I found the one I need at long last. Book reviews, the news, and sex facts. It's more than any book you can ask for. Comic, comic Syndicate Podcast. Ooh, the Comic Syndicate Podcast. Ooh, the Comic Syndicate Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Comic Syndicate Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Comic Syndicate. Check them out at thecomicsyndicate.podbean.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And now, here are your hosts, Josiah. Welcome to the Comic Syndicate, episode 330. I'm your host, Josiah, at For the Villain on Twitter, at comic underscore syndicate on Instagram. What's up, guys? Uh, I hope you guys liked that intro. Uh, let's start there first. <laughs> uh, I was working last night, uh, just going through old files and I found a lot of cool shit on my laptop. Uh, I, I got to interview the fuck, uh, the guys from Cobra Kai straight up, uh, Johnny Lawrence too. So him and, and sensei crease as well, uh, at WonderCon a few years back. So just going through old files, I'm like, Oh my goodness. These are fucking dope. I've never played any of the outtakes before the outtakes are fucking hilarious and uh, i'm gonna share those with you guys uh, i literally just put it up on tiktok and i think uh instagram right now but i'm gonna share those with you guys the end of the year best of show the best of 2023 show uh again very cool i can't wait to play those ones for you guys uh but till then let's like we normally do what we spoke about 100 episodes ago. Episode 230, I entitled hashtag, this isn't my car. Okay, fuck me. Okay, guys, look. I have an issue. So I, I don't know how I do it. I have a tendency and a knack for hopping into cars that don't belong to me. Um, yeah, it's a good story. If you guys are curious about it, I'm not going to go through it now. Always jump into the archive. Always jump into uh, the library I have. If uh, Spotify doesn't, I believe it goes like 50 episodes back, jump on the comicsyndicate.podbean.com. You can always find the full library there. Also, find, like, subscribe anywhere else you guys can find podcasts. Uh, give a like, leave a review. I would love it. I would appreciate. I know I never really uh, hit you guys up for those, but if you guys could do that, would be dope, especially if you guys are digging and loving the content so far. So this one, <laughs> this particular episode, I go into brief podcast talk, tells a story about stealing yet another ride. Yeah, it's a good story, guys. Again, I have a knack of doing it. It's not on purpose. I just, you know, I went to Target in a nutshell, and this is the second time probably, but a different location uh, for the first story, and I end up 
you know, uh, putting, taking off the alarm in my car. I hear a deep, deep, dope, sweet, hop into my fucking car. And, um, my, my car was a push button at the time. Actually, it still is. I had a completely different car now. So this was my black Honda Civic at the time. And I hop in <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, uh, there's, there's no push button start on there. I'm like, the fuck? And then I look back and there's a car seat in my car. And I'm like, what the fuck? I don't have any kids. Um, I, I was in the wrong fucking car. Straight up, guys. I know it sounds bad. I know it sounds corny, but it's a legit story. Go back. It's better than that by far. And again, second time I did that. I segue into useless superpowers. And what are yours? <laughs> Off the top of my head, is literally something that happens to me all the time when I'm reading something, mainly when I'm writing something and, and I do write a lot. I always have background noise, background music, something. And if I'm writing something in particular, the word I happen to be writing or typing at the time is the word on a song or someone says that word fucking bizarre that it happens to me all the time. But since it was 100 episodes ago, and I know we have a bunch of new listeners since then, what are your fucking useless superpowers? Um, that one is just corny. Uh, thanks to RG and Victoria. Then finally, Rolls, Comic Talk, Comic News, AMC, The Walking Dead, Zombieland 2, Space Jam sequel, Twilight Zone reboot, Solo Star Wars sequel, Sony's Venom News, Avengers Infinity War, Gross Net, uh, Gross net. Uh, Netflix Daredevil Season 3 date, Loki Scarlet Witch on Disney streaming service. Then finally, Rock some comic reviews. DC Comics, Batman number 52, Tom King writer, Lee Weeks was the artist, uh, and Marvel Comics, Ghost Rider number three, written by Donny Cates, love both of those writers, Dylan Burnett was the artist, uh, Elizabeth uh, Brightweiser was the colorist, and Venom number six, written by Donny Cates as well, writer, and Ryan Stegman was the artist on those J.P. Mayer colors, uh, which was Book of the Week. So a few days after I jumped into someone's car, I decided to record again. This is when I was hitting the recording fucking on an insane level. So September 20th was when I put out episode 230. So three days later, I recorded Deep Dives and Rabbit Holes, episode 330.1. And this one was called Hashtag Get Over It. So this one, this week, uh, RG Flores and that for the villain tackle and attack a well-known Los Angeles hotspot. We deep dive and rabbit hole uh, on an, an important industrialist philanthropist uh, that happened, sorry, the cat hopped on me, that happened to have a lost sight of public relations PR by accidentally, accidentally blowing face to save his. Uh, do you guys know this story? If not, please jump in as we break down the true story of Griffith's Park, Griffith Observatory. This one was a cool deep dive and rabbit hole. So it's okay. Everyone knows if you guys are local to California, uh, you know, Griffith Park and the Griffith Observatory. Now, this deep dive was about the founder of, of, of both and, and how shady he was. Like he had all this property. So he made stuff uh, for the city of Los Angeles. Yeah, great hotspots, great places to go to until you learn how fucking twisted this dude was. Like, uh, he shot his wife in the face, no joke, and she survived, believe it or not, by jumping out of a two-story window. I believe it was a two-story at, at their home, their mansion at the time. If, if you guys don't believe me, 
Google it. Um, I we this one was a fucking fun one because it was just gnarly as hell. And the deep dives we go into, and that's what I love about the deep dives and rabbit holes podcast. They're completely different than the comic syndicate, and I love it that way because if people aren't into pop culture or comics or movies, TV, gaming, anything I talk about on the comic syndicate, uh, the deep dives and rabbit holes are a completely different. Uh, topic will break down, and that's exactly what it is. I have one banked up. I need to work on two more, but um, yeah, just thought I'd give you guys some context on that. Bullet points. Uh, let's continue on with some Twitter love shoutouts. Um, yeah, just shoutouts in general. This first one is going to be to Eric Lopez, and I just want to let you know, Eric, I love this response so much. Uh, I always love how well thought out your answers are. You get me thinking about stuff that I've reiterated or, or given my opinion on in a show. And you bring something different to the table. And I'm like, you know what? Fucking A, dude. I wish I had Eric co-hosting with me. Because actually, that's an idea, Eric. We should probably co-host with me sometime. But always love your, your responses. And uh, yeah, I'm going to share this one with you. Or with you guys, the audience. Um, so your question of the week is a good one. However, it's not something that can't be answered or that can be answered by just one band or group. So this is based on episode 329 show, last week's question of the week, uh, which was what's a band artist song, what makes you feel good, bad, sad, happy, mad, um, and makes you want to attack life again. I believe that's it in a nutshell off the top of my head. He continues on, it would be more of a playlist that would need to be created and would take some time to put together. Agreed, Eric, totally. Because we are not only talking of songs that give you a complete biochemical reaction upon hearing them. I'm going to give you this quote from one of my all-time five books slash movies, High Fidelity. Great movie, by the way, Eric. I love that you quoted this, and it I just love it. The making of a great, and this is from the movie, uh, I believe this was John Cusack. I forget the name of his character. The making of a great compilation tape, like breaking up, is hard to do, and it takes ages longer than it might seem. You got to kick off with a killer to grab the attention. Then you got to take it up a notch, but you don't want to blow your wad. So then you got to cool off, cool it off a notch. I just always love, again, how well thought out your answers are, Eric. This one, and we were chatting for a bit after this, dude, which was dope. But I always love it, dude. Uh, so when I think of these questions, they've, you know, they're normally about a review from something I've read, um, something that I'm loving the fuck out of, and you know, and that's where my questions come from normally. But like you answered, dude, I I believe you're right, Eric. I, I know everyone's answer is always going to be different, and I love the stories and thoughts that you guys all have. And it's honestly just always a pleasure and treat uh, for me getting all your thoughts. So, Eric, dude, great shout-out uh, to you. I know we were chatting more on top of that, and I, I don't want to go deeper in that. But, um, I mean, I know we share a lot of personal stuff and just, you know, shooting the shit. Uh, and I want you listeners to know that you guys can always hit me up on the side, dude. If you guys want a shout-out, share the fucking podcast. <laughs> um, something cool like this. Um Alex, I spoke about you the beginning of the show last week and the end of the show I gave a story about you. Like, listen to the whole show because there's always something I believe for everyone. 
So again, thank you, Eric. I do love you, homie. Much, much love, dude. Next, a uh, few shout outs are just going to be the Weird Street podcast with Jacob Medina and his wife, Eva. Uh, you guys are dope. Keep it up, uh, Jacob. I, yeah, I miss hearing you, dude. Uh, oh, no, not another one hosted by Sarah Kitsinis and Derek Krantz. They're a great podcast. I believe they've had conflicting schedules with uh, both co-hosts. So uh, Derek and and Sarah both. Um, that was me. Sorry, guys. And um, yeah, dude, I completely understand the bending over backwards to accommodate someone's schedule and rescheduling and rescheduling and rescheduling. At the time I was working two jobs. I'm still working two jobs. Um, so to do everything by myself, I'm able to, to swing it and do it. But to be on someone else's schedule always fucking sucks. It's always that curveball in the road, in the road. It's a curveball in the road. Uh, but it's one of those things, dude. It's a bump in the road um, where you just can't help it. And life does conflict with with all these recordings sometimes. Uh, as long as you guys try to keep consistent is probably the best advice I can give you. So, um, yeah, I miss you guys as well. And last one, but not least, is going to be the Comics and 3DS podcast with my boy Adam Garza, Hector Cornejo, Cornejo and Ben Davis. Uh, these are the only comic podcasts that listen to really, um, for, especially for reviews. Uh, I haven't mentioned to them in the chat yet that I'm the only one reading like everything else. That's not Marvel or DC or, or image comics, really the big three, technically the big two is Marvel and DC comics, but, um, I like to think outside the box. So yeah, dude, please find these guys. Oh, and also like and subscribe wherever they're at as well. These are great people, great podcasts. Uh, and this week's question of the week, fuck me, dude. I, hmm. I'm recording this on Sunday, December 3rd, 2023. I normally have a question of the week. For some reason, this, this week, I don't know why. Uh, with both jobs and the office being on steroids and weird and just a weird week at, for both jobs, I got a lot of reading done. <laughs> but as far as a question of the week, I, off the cuff, off the top of my head, off of one of the reviews, I had to literally look at the reviews right now. Um, what's something that gives you inspiration, I guess? What, what gives you inspiration to do things? I know it's a weird one, completely off the cuff fucking question, and not necessarily someone you look up to. I know inspiration, I know if you're a parent, it's going to be, you know, kids are the answer. I guess family for me. Um, number one for me, huh? Where do you get your inspiration from? Huh? Okay. Let me scratch my head. Um, and I'll save that to, uh, when I get to the review and hopefully it makes sense. All right, guys, give me a few and I will be right back with some comic talk. Hey, this is, hey, this is Scott Snyder. I'm writing all-star Batman uh, this year and you're listening to the comic syndicate. I'm Mitch Garrett, the artist of Sheriff of Babylon. I'm Tom King, the writer of Sheriff of Babylon. And you're listening to the Comics Comic Syndicate. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. And you're listening to the Comics Syndicate. Hi, my name is Brian Bruzzolato, and I listen to the Comics Syndicate. Hi, this is Chris Michelle, and we're hanging out here at Frank and Sons, and are having a good time on a Sunday or Saturday afternoon. And uh, you're listening to me live on the Comic Syndicate. Hi, this is Brian Michael Bendis, and you are listening to the Comics Syndicate. Comic talk. All right, guys, welcome back to some comic talk. Um, 
Yeah. Okay, let's hit it because I think I have a lot of reviews. I did say I wrote – I wrote – I read a lot. And these are the um, the comics that I fucking read. Um, I saw a few movies. I got to work on my best of 2023 list and compiling those, putting those together. And it, I came across a few head scratchers where I'm like, fuck me, dude. Like, which one was it? I left out a, a writer and artist on, on one of the reviews. And I'm like, fuck me. Like, I'm so much better at uh, getting my notes down and, and typing everything out. Um, I normally wing it for the most part. As far as I don't have a script. I've been doing this for so long where it's kind of easy for me. It's natural. I'm I'm a talker, obviously. Uh, And it's just, you know what? Fuck it. Let's pull the curtains back a little bit. It's hard to do a podcast by yourself. Um, It really is. Like uh, I was intimidated. And I'm a dude that doesn't get intimidated by anything at all in life like nothing intimidates me but when i lost my co-host i was in a spot where i'm like i'm i'm scared to do this i'm scared to do this by myself like i need someone to bounce ideas and thoughts off of like that's the way i work so fucking well and to do this solo is is fucking hard because i gotta juggle the sound the sound quality i gotta juggle uh my notes, I got to juggle uh, the intros, the outros, the editing, uh, the hosting duties, making sure everything's on time, on point, uh, making sure everything is, is on, on fucking point again. So um, I was going to say, oh, yeah, <laughs> look behind the curtain. Uh, it's tough to do, dude. So um, fuck, where was I going with that? You know what? Fuck me. Let's hit uh, some reviews. Uh, first review is going to be from IDW Publishing. It's called Shadow Play Number One, and I literally, you know, I reviewed number one through number four. Um, so this one was very interesting. Amber Benson is the writer. Ben Templesmith is the artist. Tom B. Long is the letterer. Uh, ben Templesmith is very interesting. Now, uh, I read a uh, oh, this was a long time ago. I, I read a review and, and reviewed actually probably the whole series at, at the time that I loved, and his art went along so great with with his story he was writing. And he it was called Ten Grand, and it was a dope fucking premise. It was about this dude that was a contracted killer, and every time okay his wife had died. And every time he would die a righteous death, he would get, I forget how long it was, if it was 30 seconds or one minute with his dead wife. Um, He did not make it to heaven. She did. And again, once he dies a righteous death, he's able to see her and talk to her for a minute. I thought the premise was really cool. Um, I saw this art and I'm like, fuck me, I, I... I haven't seen him in anything in the longest time. So that's just a premise to what kind of got me uh, into into this store in particular. This one starts off with a little boy huddled and crouched in the corner of what appears to be a darkened basement. As he keeps repeating one thing over and over, they'll be sorry when I'm dead. They'll be sorry when I'm dead. So it's it's dark already. As every time he says this, we see a set of red eyeballs appear little by little. So a bunch finally are gathered up and appeared. And as these figures get closer, we see that they're all children, but warped and twisted children now holding weapons, baseball bats, uh, a wrench, you know, just anything. As the panels now get, uh, they, it gets nuts as, nuts as we see screaming 
and we see some blood. And then we see now the boy laying on the ground, still crouched, but now saying, I want to go home. I want to go home. I want to go home. Then we get a hush now. Who, who's there? Who are you? Why? I'm your new daddy, son. Fucked up. Um, as we see this older man with blood dripping from his teeth now. And then we get this narrative. And here it is. Once upon a time, there lived a little boy who was afraid of all things that went bump in the night. That lay in wait under the bed and ate up all the little boys and girls it could catch for its dinner. The little boy tried to make his parents understand that some evil lurked, waiting to crunch him up into little pieces. But it was uh, it was like a desert lay between them, and they would not listen. And these simple uh, panels are just great to see because it's it's a different art style than than the rest of the comic, and it, it's it's drawn very almost like a stick figurey, which is is a nice touch, but not even not that corny but again it's worth checking out guys I, I i dug on it so now we see this uh this boy not now knocking at his parents door and them ignoring him so it goes with uh the monologue here as we now see the kid go and go to his room gather his stuff as the narrative still continues but even journeys begin with the best of intentions can become nightmares in no time at all as we see the next piece of dialogue now back at with the older man and the boy and the old man says, so you ran away from home, my little man, and now you don't know what to do. However, should you proceed? Trapped in the hell, not of your own choosing, with no one to confer. There is no escape, son. That was issue number one. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but um, yeah, the rest of the reviews are going to be a lot shorter. Start, uh, issue number two starts off just fucking dope and twisted. This little boy's inner monologue is, my name is Pinwell. I am dead. Help me. I miss my mommy as we see just these twisted scenes of his severed body, but lucky or unlucky for the boy, it, this just happened to be a dream. And we get introduced to one of the younger kids from the prior issue. That is the leader somewhat of this, this pack of kids. And we see the turn, uh, what this kid is, is now pinwell is now experiencing, uh, I almost want to spoil what it is. Uh, number three, I just love the splash page alone starting off this title as if it's it's an old man holding the boy up, so Pinwheel, up like a puppet master, which is interesting. And just a great fucking art piece. Fucked up art piece, but I, I liked it. So if you guys want to pull this up, um, just pull up Ben Templesmith, pull up Shadow Play. Um, all one word, but it's worth checking out. It's darker for sure. There is a twist that comes in the end of issue number two. So we see this uh, in issue number three. This old man holding up the boy, Pinwheel. Even the powerful, I'm sorry, even the powerful will fall. This is life. We don't get to decide our fates. No, that pleasure belongs to someone else. The only way to win is to not play the game. But the game is timeless, and to fight uh, fight its call is really futile. When the bloodlust hits, there is nothing you can do. And going into context again, it's like, okay, now we know what the kid is. We see what he's experiencing, obviously, but um, we we see the turn in the kid. Again, not going to ruin anything. Number four starts off more fu- with more fucked up panels and, and this narrative of you can never erase the past. It's always with you. No matter how far away you go or how changed you become. Uh, and a, a plan gets in, put into place in issue number four. Again, not going to spoil anything. 
it's worth checking out. If you guys like darker stories, this isn't this is an interesting one. I don't want to ruin what it is again, but uh, if you guys do find it, uh, let me know what you guys think, please. Next review is going to be a Marvel Comics title. So I actually read everything from all over um, <laughs> the arena, uh, I'll call it. So this one is a Marvel Comics title. This is X-Men Blue Origins number one. Yeah, Cy Spurrier is the writer. Wilton Santos uh, with Oren Jr. does the inks. And Marcus Toe is the artist. Ceci de la Cruz is the color artist. VC's Joe Carmagna is the letterer. And this one starts off. Now this tale... One of the way it begins is, and then we get this narrative. Leave, we, okay, so the narrative goes off, but we see the panels. We see um, Leave Raven. As we see Professor X on Krakoa using his telekinetic abilities on her. That's what he tells her. Raven Darkholm is Mystique. And then it, she says, please stop. Then it jumps from whatever happened. This jumps from there to a scene now at the Hellfire Gala, where Orcus just wiped out the X-Men uh, and shows scenes of her falling from that night um, when she was shot and fell to her death. Just cool to see the character giving this particular narrative. And it's it, this background and the context is one of Kurt Wagner's Nightcrawler's little Bamfs. Like, that's the best way to call them. I don't know if they've had a proper name besides the Bamfs, your Bamfs, dude. Uh, this one in particular is, is weird and interesting because he's definitely different and he's he's in a more of a traumatic sort of way. And I know it sounds odd and I'm going to try to explain uh, what it is. So Nightcrawler is the only one that can see him and talk to him. So almost like a Jiminy Cricket type vibe, you know, like his, uh, the devil on your shoulder, you know, your conscience type of deal. So very interesting. And, and this is the one telling the story of this whole story. But again, he's the one giving the context and, and keeping the story moving, which is nicely done. As he explains the events of the Hellfire, the Hellfire Gala, then continues. And then there's Mystique. Real determined type. Type who'd sooner break herself than bend a knee. But the thing you really got to know about Raven Darkholm is for all the amazing shit or expletive she can do with that bod, her real power's up there in her head. Pure, irresistible will. As we now see what happened to her after the Hellfire Gala. And the first thing she says is she's able to survive my baby. And it jumps now into the encounter from last week's review that I did of the Uncanny Spider-Man. So Nightcrawler as Spider-Man, as the Uncanny Spider-Man, where he goes to finally confront her and talk to her. So she's had several uh, instances instances where they've met up, and she's not right in the head. She's been shot. She doesn't have full grasp of her memories. She just knows she misses and needs to find her son. Um, it's easy to tell who uncanny spider-man is but she's so fucked up she doesn't realize who it is so uh in that particular issue kurt wagner goes to confront her finally and this is the background this is the actual story what happened there yeah and just interesting that uh kurt now talks to her about her past uh her life with when she was younger with a Baron Christian Wagner, using him as a rebound after her true love, Destiny. Uh, then about, you know, her affair with uh, Azazel uh, and where Raven becomes pregnant. Now, this is a retcon uh, for the most part uh, of the 
origin of Nightcrawler. Now, Azazel was initially his dad. He has a tail. Um, he's a demonic creature. So a buffed out bigger version of Nightcrawler, but red. It is a weird way to put it. He was on X-Men Origins, the movie. I believe one of the, the actually one of the main villains in there. But just wanted to give you guys some, some context and background on, on his quote-unquote dad at the time. And again, this is a retelling of Nightwing's origin, which I really – I liked it. I, I really did. And then we see you know, after her affair with Azazel, Raven becomes pregnant. And then the events that followed now as the townspeople finally hear word of Mystique being pregnant. So she's – quote-unquote uh, regular form, not her blue self, pretending to be this this Wagner's um, wife. And so it's just an interesting background because it, it's, it's dope. Uh, and then it's interesting to see, again, you know, them talking in person at the park uh, that Kurt finally gives her a gift as he's, he's, he's telling her this. He gives her his hope sword. Uh, so symbolically speaking, it's the hope that a better world is possible and the courage to fight for it without certainty or even faith in success. You know what the silly thing has this silly thing has taught me in between chopping guns. It is in the darkest hollows that the brightest flames are lit. It is my hope that we will not turn your flame upon me, Raven Darkholm, and that it is a little borrowed light might help you escape the dark place in your mind that has become your prison. Again, a nightcrawler talking to his mom, unmasking himself, and giving her this hope sword that as soon as she holds it, she gets glimpses and uh, her whole life flashes before her eyes. And it's interesting. So this conversation was cool. And again, the retconning of Nightcrawler's origin, I really enjoyed there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be pissed off. Like 80% of things I've read uh, about this particular issue is upsetting everyone already. And uh, it's it's about a, a gay couple. I mean, Raven, Darkholm, Mystique, and Destiny. Destiny is a woman. And it goes into, uh, into and about their relationship. And we learn something about Mystique that we have never gotten from before and to get that background and context is is dope and i I love it like it's different and you can write this with mystique and you can write a love story about mystique and her love destiny uh, so I really enjoyed it. I don't want to spoil anything besides that, but it's worth checking out, guys. If you guys hated this, you're probably one of those assholes online. Um, but again, I know a lot of people are hating on this because the cheesiest one was, oh, they retconned Azazel. Like, okay, yeah, he's not his dad. But the story behind Mystique and and Destiny and how they had Nightcrawler, very fucking interesting. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, not book of the week, but it was really good. Uh, let's hit, let's hit the last two, uh, book of the weeks for me. Um, I, again, really enjoyed that one. This one was going to be up there with book of the week, DC comics, Titans, beast world. Number one, Tom Taylor is a writer. I love his fucking write writing right now. And the way he's writing, uh, uh, <laughs> Nightwing. And I love the fuck out of Nightwing. Uh, I, Ivan Rice is the artist. Danny Mickey is the inker. Brad Anderson is the colorist. Wes Abbott is the letterer. 
This one starts off with a gentleman on television broadcasting, um, talking about the fate of the earth. So dude happens to be some sort of evangelist, speaking of going to Titan, as we wasted up and used up all of Earth's resources. And this is his, his intro as he's broadcasting all over the world. The Church of Eternity's explorers have crossed the void. Their star drive has pushed them beyond the rings of Saturn, beyond what we could imagine was possible. As we speak, their shop is their their shop their stop is descending through the dense atmosphere of the moon called Titan, to the only body in our solar system other than our own, who with, with lakes and seas, where we hope our dreams of a better world can continue, and that it this is touched down on our greatest hope. Our future is now in the hands of the Forever Knots, as we now see a ship flying through the solar system and finally landing on uh, this the planet Titan, or the star uh, Titan, um, which was really cool. Uh, okay, so they, they land, and now we see the crew talking to the evangelist guy on their, on their ship, and then... And then he asks them to broadcast to the moon as he starts speaking some alien language. Now this scene from there jumps now to Titan's Tower as we see the team is watching the broadcast. I mean, everyone is watching it. It's broadcasted across the globe. And we learn um, that it's the language of Corey and her ancestors, uh, the Tamaranians. So, yes. Uh, knowing that that, you know... Things can get bad real quick off of this dude, um, whatever he believes. Nightwing orders the team to be ready for anything as they take off to pinpoint where this brother eternity man is. And we get a funny line in dialogue from Beast Boys. He says, oh, what a shock. The leader of a cult turned out to be a bad guy. I, just small things like that were cool. And also really cool, just in general, this story is mainly about Garth and... And his oh, fucking cool dude. Uh, yeah, it's a Beast Boy fucking uh, run show, which is fucking cool. So the team goes out to outer space. Uh, Cyborg creates a boom tube to take them to Mars. The team works quick to save the astronauts, but find them dead. As the crew continue on, we see what where this is where Corey realizes that this moon they land on Titan is not just a moon. It's a prison that was used for a god, as she says. Before they leave, Corey needed to gather some old uh, Tamaranian texts and scriptures, books, stuff. Uh, and then they, they bail. Once they finally land back on Earth, we see Corey along with the rest of the Titans crew um, have invited the entire Justice League, like all of them. Um, even the Silver Age one. So Batman's there, Superman, all the Robins are there. Um, Green Lantern, uh, Martian Manhunter, all of them. So we see there, uh, Corey talking to them, informing them of what's going on as she continues and says, it's called the Necro Star. It cannot be reasoned with, cannot be controlled, cannot be killed. 30 million years ago, an entire world of Tamaranians tried to stand against it. A planet of superpowered warriors. Half were lost, worn with this creature. As Nightwing then asks, how did your ancestors defeat it? And then Corey answers, they didn't. As she opens up one of the books and answers, it did. And the picture we see now is, I don't want to, I'm not going to, you know what, fuck it. Okay, so so the scriptures, the book, uh, she shows, and it's a picture of Starro combating this. So if you guys have seen um, Suicide Squad, the movie part two, uh, it, that, that's Starro. Um, interesting creature, and, and this is the 
creature that combated uh, this 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 god uh, necrostar entity. So from here, everything starts calling shots. Everyone starts calling shots as Superman is able to see that using his his uh, his, his radar eyes, um, he's able to see that that necro star is is coming to Earth. So Batman is ready to send a squad to go find Starro now, wherever he might be. But Beast Boy, of all people, has an idea. And it's a good interaction between Raven, Batman, and Nightwing. As we see everyone go to work now. Like, just very cool how Nightwing is the only person that can fucking talk to Batman the way he does. Like, no, this is my boy. This is my fucking team. We're going to fucking listen to him. So shut up, Batman. Like, just cool shit. So, so that was the cool interaction there. As we see everyone now go to work after uh, Nightwing is allows beast boy to give his thoughts and figure out his plan or, or see what his plan is so very cool now as we see the heroes combating again uh all over the earth so now as this uh, necro star is approaching earth it's letting out its spores i guess kind of kind of fucking thing but again it's just cool to see everyone go to work and gar beast boy take the initiative to help out the art, uh, very cool pages, very cool panels, very cool conversations with he and Raven, another Raven. It's completely different. Raven, completely different publisher as well. Then we see the heroes combating uh, again, this time some of them being taken over and overwhelmed now. So that's as the story progresses. Then it turns as we see Garth's plan, Garth's plan, Beast Boy's plan to save the Earth. And I don't want to ruin it, but it's very cool, and, and the visuals are dope. The art is fucking killer. And what he does to combat Necrostar, um, especially the Beast Boy art, I'm not going to spoil. The, this title was very fucking cool. It's issue number one of a new event that's worth fucking checking out. If you guys are a fan of Beast Boy Gar, it's worth it, – it's cool, dude. Um, yeah, I totally dug it. Book of the Week, definitely up there. You know, my neighbors are being a little bit loud, but fuck it. We're almost there at the end. This one's going to be a Marvel Comics title. This is going to be Daredevil number two through number three. This one starts off, what does God want from me? The question persists even as a cop cars, as cop cars squealed a halt in front of my building. Once I was the lawyer, Matt Murdock. Once I was the vigilante, Daredevil. Now I'm fat Father Matt, director of St. Nicholas's Youth Home. I went to hell to save my friends, but God brought me back. And now the police are pounding on my door. Their heart beats, the smell of their collective sweat. I don't know why they're here, but they're, they're ready to bust heads. I know because I've learned to sense this, the tinge of imminent violence. Uh, very cool. As we see now Daredevil above his building, this, this home um, that he's, he's created. Then walking away as he starts taking off his costume now as we see now how he attacks the situation. As Matt Murdock, a man of the cloth. Holy shit, what was that? Uh, where we get some really great and interesting dialogue between Matt and the cops now, thinking they can push him over. But only not only does he rely on his wits, he also relies on his attorney skills as he's talking to the cops. That have, The cops have heard a rumor that this house homes a bunch of thugs and criminals and provides a shelter for juvenile offenders and uses their criminal talents for gain is, is, is what it, is this conversation is about. 
as now he formally asks them to leave unless they have a warrant. Uh, the kids love him, and, and as they all witness this, all the kids of the home, we now get this piece of inner monologue from Matt now. As he says, I turn away as Javi herds the kids off, hiding my rage from them. Someone is trying to destroy the godly work we do here. It makes me angry, and when I get angry, I let out the devil. As the dude now puts on his suit once again, and he continues on, once in another lifetime, swinging between rooftops helped calm me. Tonight, the wind rushing past my face just fans the flames. I need to hit someone. I hear the sound of gunfire, and God forgive me, I'm almost happy. As we see him now doing something he just needs to do. That was the question of the week. Fuck me. As we now see him something he needs to do. And does that sound familiar at all? Oh, man. Sorry, just a dude going to work. These pages and panels are great. I'm sorry, that that last sentence right there is what I wrote for myself. Um, as we see him now doing something he needs. And does that sound familiar at all? And that's a note to myself that I read out loud to you guys. Um, yeah, what makes you happy, dude? <laughs> that question of the week part two. Um, but yeah, yeah, I was... I don't never mind sharing any of my personal stories, anguishes, fucking kicks in the ass, uh, ass whippings I, I get by life. But I'm sorry, just dude going to work. Okay, so the the art's cool. The storytelling is great, and also now the Matt on as Daredevil once again, just needing to get out of some aggression. How did you guys get out of aggression? Also, question of the week. Uh, only two hours of sleep last night. The exhaustion is taking its toll, and I also know that world. And great uh, how the story wraps up. So, uh, with the children of his home asking Matt to to talk to one of the kids that's getting bullied at school. You know, he's having a hard time, and now he just wants to help his friend. Uh, so, the way Matt talks to the kid that's getting bullied is fucking cool, and we see how. How, how Matt reacts to situations now. Um, but I love how he is a man of the cloth and he just needed to get the fuck out and kick someone's fucking ass. Because sometimes you got to kick someone's fucking ass. All right. Uh, that was issue number three. Issue number four starts off with Daybreak in Manhattan as Daredevil is already going to work. Uh, and he says, even from six stories up, these streets at sunset are a cacophony of sounds and smells. Urine and garbage mingling with the groan and clatter of sanitation trucks. Curry and Tapura layered with over chatter about cryptocurrency and sports. Without meaning to, I revisit some of my earliest training. The way stick taught me to filter out a thousand other sounds and scents and focus on what matters. This issue now takes place uh, on the person from the prior issue that is diming him out. So the one that went to the cops to begin with happens to be one of his closest friends that I'm not going to spoil here. Um, and for some strange reason, this is um, this is what I really needed. Um, book of the week on so many levels. I think this is my this is my book of the week, and going over the 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 Titans was was cool, and then rereading this and catching myself like motherfucker, <laughs> it was right there the whole fucking time, and you can write your fucking question of the week. Um, what was the one I came up with earlier on in the show? Uh, what is something that makes you feel good? No, what gives you um, what gives you inspiration? All right, guys. Um, I hope you guys like the show. Uh, uh, yeah, well, this one fucking flew by. It always does. I try not to bore you, bore you guys. If you guys want a longer show, let me know. I know when I do the deep dives and rabbit holes for like 20 minutes, I 
don't get complained to, but I, I get told like, dude, I would have preferred a longer show. So I, yes, uh, you guys are rad. Always. I love you guys. Find the show, subscribe to the podcast and anywhere you can fucking find podcasts. Um, but yeah, what gives you inspiration? I'll catch you guys next week. Peace out. Twenty questions of the fucking week this week. What gives you inspiration? First of all, oh, okay. Um, that was off of the fucking cuff. Thinking of that one, literally as soon as I said it, I'm like, okay, fuck me. I didn't write one this week. I'm normally better at things than that, especially my note writing, especially the the one I gave myself in, in between that that review. What gives me inspiration? <sighs> to not fail. And I know it's stupid, but that's my my personal one. Uh, inspiration, family for sure. It's not why I do everything. Um, I just don't – I'm not a quitter. I'm a fighter. And inspiration to succeed, um, betterment of myself for myself. And I think if I can succeed in doing that, uh, I can help other people out, my family, my friends, um, everyone near me that I love and care about. Inspiration. What gives me inspiration? Uh, not failing. I, I know that's a weird one. <clears throat> weird answer for sure. And again, it's a it's a fucking odd question uh, that I literally tossed out again off the cuff. What inspires you guys? What's your inspiration? And tell me about your kids if that's what it is. And to make more money in life, to have a bigger house, to fucking drive a fancy car. What what is your guys's? Um, and then uh, what? <laughs> What's something that makes you feel good? Mm, I love how Matt Murdock needs to go out and pick a fucking fight and get the aggression out. And that's a great positive way to look at it. Um, what what gives you um, – what's yours? Like, like um, I need music. I, I need it. Uh, I, I feel like I need to record now, trying to be more consistent since coming back, and it, that way it's a weekly podcast, and um, yeah, I, I love doing it. So again, the second question of the week, that was also off the cuff, um, is what's something that makes you feel good? Music for me again, and uh, Matt Murdock's Daredevils is picking a fucking fight. I, I don't fight anymore. I will fight for my friends and family, and and I have no problem getting in fights again. Like I'm too old to be doing it, but sometimes you gotta stand up for for things you love and believe in. I don't look for fights anymore. Uh, episode, fuck me, I don't even know. Uh, Fell on black days. That episode I wrote when I was very the first time I believe I was completely vulnerable on air and told you guys a story about something I was experiencing at the time and and. I was so sad and depressed in such in such a dark fucking place. I, I was the guy looking for a fight. And I don't care. I'm sorry. I didn't care if I got my ass kicked at the time. I just needed to feel something else, including getting my ass kicked and getting beat the fuck up and getting jumped by several dudes. Because um, I didn't want to feel what I was feeling emotionally and mentally at the time, honestly. Um I think that was episode G's 183, deep in the archives. If you guys are curious about that, hit me up. I can find find it and send it to you guys. Um, 
But now what makes me feel good is reading, writing, recording, listening to music. Those are my positive outlets. And I'm very curious about your guys's. I love cooking. It's a good outlet for me as well. Uh, making people happy with my cooking, I, I love. I love doing. Um, but this is probably my outlet, and this makes me feel good. So what are your guys's um, <laughs> to 20 questions of the week this week? Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. You guys rock. Uh, I'm working my ass off on the end of the year show. And again, the intros, outtakes I have from the Cobra Kai boys is fucking hilarious. I can't wait to share those with you guys. It's going to be like a fucking four-minute set, five-minute set. Um, But yeah, you guys are going to crack up. And I hope it makes you guys laugh because listening to it last night, I'm like, motherfuckers, I, I fucking forgot about these. All right, that's all I got. I will catch you guys next week. Peace out.